Hello and welcome to How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And this week we're going to take a break from our ADHD-a-thon to discuss something that has been uh, kind of, I don't know, bouncing around both our brains for a little bit. Yeah, I think... Once you've been in therapy for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and you start to break patterns, you can look back and reflect on where you've changed and what you wish you would have known about yourself earlier, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight and all that. No one's perfect. Yeah, no. And but... and we've talked in the past about being in a toxic relationship where your partner is the toxic one, or perhaps you've been in a codependent relationship where you're both not exactly uh, the best at supporting one another. Yeah, I think all of us can look at relationships that weren't great and can see that both of us can be at fault, etc. Mm-hmm. But today we want to talk about things that we did in the past um, and maybe still struggle with here and there that were toxic or could be considered toxic. Mm-hmm. I think that word gets thrown around maybe a little bit too much now um, mm-hmm. without a definite definition i'd agree with that yeah it kind of is a catch-all term it feels like anymore where it's just like oh they're being toxic okay well it's like well were they just being anxious or were they actually being like terrible so for me i feel like toxic is when you're interacting in a way that is unhealthy to yourself and to the people around you Mm -hmm. Um, it's not conducive it's destructive destructive yeah in more times than not it is based entirely out of an emotional response yeah rather than a cold calculated logical response uh which in and of itself can also be toxic depending on the situation but in would you like to go first yeah (laughs) i mean i think first and foremost it's easy to um get too hard on yourself as well so you have to toe the line here and you want to be careful with, um, I don't know, beating yourself up, too. Because when I look back, oh, yeah. there's things, of course, that I've done that are a little embarrassing. Sure. Um, but I think something else I want to remind everybody that we like to talk about is it's not your fault for the trauma you've gone through, but it is your responsibility to heal. Yes. And I think what I've fallen into in the past, and I still see some of my current actions without meaning to falling into, is... Uh, being the victim Mm. so i and the problem is at some point if you are if you know somebody who does this who has more of a victim mentality it's because at some point they were the victim and not just like a little bit but they were seriously victimized and potentially for a long time by a family member or by a friend group it happens and so but once you've gone into that headspace and you've lived there for a while that kind of leaks out into other aspects of your life oh hell yeah yeah and, and i think in the past i've expected friends and lovers to go out of their way to help me to make me feel better to well they should know that i went through this so they should be <laughs> you know going out of their way to make me feel included because they know that it hurts my feelings if you know xyz um And it's easy to fall into that trap of blaming the people around you for where you are. Mm -hmm. Especially because in the past, 
there were situations where I couldn't fix myself. I, I needed help and I needed, or I was a minor and I had really bad stuff happening with family and I needed someone to rescue. I needed me. I needed a teacher mm-hmm. to come and help me or a, or, you know, a parent to realize what was going on and they didn't. Yeah. And so now as an adult, you know, sometimes you don't launch healthily and suddenly it is your responsibility to save yourself and yeah. to take care of yourself. And if you weren't taught how to do that and you, especially in this, I feel like in this climate of our country where everything has to be so by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to figure it all out alone and, um, Pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever the hell. Exactly. And to be super independent. And so I think it's easy to create toxic traits to survive, which I did. And Mm -hmm. I have to be forgiving of myself of the toxic traits I had to create in order to survive. Because that's not who I am anymore. And I've grown through those and I I can see those now. And I think everyone should remember that... Let's say you're a binge eater. Mm -hmm. You made that so you could survive whatever trauma or whatever horror that you were living through or stress. You created that. Your body created that. Your mind created that. And it helped you survive. You're here today because of that. Now we can work through it, right? Mm -hmm. So that was something for me. Um, Not necessarily binge eating, but, you know, being uh, being manipulative of the people around me without even realizing that I was doing it. I didn't sit down one day and said, I'm going to manipulate my friends to feel bad because they didn't X, Y, Z, you know, they didn't talk to me enough at the dinner or I feel like I should have been invited and they posted pics up on social media and they knew I wanted to see the flowers. Why didn't they come and bring me to the super bloom (laughs) or whatever? Yeah. Um, It's actually really funny because the victimhood I feel like can go two ways. It can go the way that you just described where you become the victim Mm -hmm. or you can go the opposite way, which is what I'm more prone to, which is I was the victim. Now I will save everyone. Yeah. So in my case, my toxic behavior falls more under like the wheelhouse of white knighting or the case of just. I will put myself through whatever harm, harm, whether it's psychological, emotional, physical. If it means that somebody else doesn't have to feel the pain that I felt, that somebody else doesn't have to go through what I went through. So I will sacrifice myself and my well-being and my mental, physical, emotional health. Yeah. Now, in relationships, it leads me into situations where I will do things like I recognize very heartily. Um, I am a bad love bomber. Mm. Like I will, if I am. Cause you want to make them feel secure and safe and liked. Even yes. if you don't love them. Even if I don't necessarily love them, I want them to feel as though everything that I am feeling and everything that I am giving them is a hundred percent genuine and pure and capable of being reciprocated. Please just love me too. Do you think part of that's ADHD where you hyper-focus on someone and you do actually experience very strong feelings towards them? Oh yeah. It's not necessarily love, but it's very intense interest. Yes. Hardcore. Yes. Uh, it, It was something that before it would have, I would have absolutely been like, well, I mean, I guess that's just kind of, you know, I, I guess I'm a little more intense in my emotions right. or intense in my relationships. But then when I hit the ripcord or I 
like hit that point of just like, well, I'm done here. Then it is as though it didn't exist at all, mm-hmm. which and is I, really fucking bad. And for a lot of people, that can look like narcissistic behavior mm-hmm. because they came in, they love bombed you, and then they disappeared. Mm-hmm. The difference is people with ADHD didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> no. I mean, we didn't... I, in relationships that I've had, because this is the thing, I'm also like a serial monogamist, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't date I don't date well, and I recognize that I don't date well because of that same situation. I think you used to not date well. I think you are learning how to date. Over the last few years, you have been trying to date. And I have not liked any does of Does anybody it. like dating, though? Like, does anybody good <laughs> at dating? Like, that's... I think that's a false narrative. I think... You are no longer doing the pattern you used to, which was each person you were even slightly romantically seeing became a relationship. You yeah. haven't done that. Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I mean, yeah, pandemic will definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic yeah. will definitely do that to you. But yeah, no, being a serial monogamist is something I can, I'm same. But like, yeah, I'd go in the, the shortest relationship I ever had was like six months. And that's still like, some people are just like, that's the shortest you ever had? And I'm like, yeah. Why? What's the shortest relationship you ever had? It was like two weeks. I'm like, that wasn't a relationship, bud. <laughs> I mean, I've had that. But I don't know if you're considering is everything it? after high school. Is it like a committed relationship yeah. at that point? I mean, so, for example, for me, when when I think of serial monogamy, it's just I'm only with one person sure. for a specific time. And then I jump mm. into the next relationship. And then I jump ah. into the next relationship. And then I jump into the next relationship. Mm. That's what I think. Not a long-term relationships. I ah. think just with just one person. I Okay. So that would definitely be... That yeah. would make more sense. Yeah. I am, I guess, just slow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would quantify mine as. Because, like... I will get into a relationship with the explicit intent of this is the person that I am going to be with from from now on. It's not a bad idea. It's more of, but do you give yourself time between relationships? Well, sometimes an excess of time. Right. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> that, so serial monogamy would be like, oh, I'm with somebody for two weeks, and then right after that, we break up, and I'm with someone for four months, and mm-hmm. then right after that, I'm with someone for maybe a year, and then after that, I'm with someone for two weeks, and for, you know, four months, that kind of thing. That's what I did. Yeah, no, I just do years between relationships because I can't otherwise, for the most part. Mm. I don't know um, how else to really describe We're that. We're learning yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, my first relationship was, you know, f- six years almost, and that was middle and high school. And then that ended, and then I'd say maybe less than a year, six months, seven months. Mm. Then it was the next relationship, and it just kind of go from there. And even that felt like, I don't know. It's weird. It, it guys, relationships are weird. That's the that's the subtitle of this episode. Relationships are weird. Relationships <laughs> um, But like, yeah, I I I would, I would do everything in my power to make the person I was with feel loved, cherished, and when it was an actual like relationship, it. That's good. would be accurate and it would be true. Um, but I don't know how to just be in a more casual. No, like I don't. I don't know what casual feels like because that's never been something I've ever done. I guess casual is the wrong word. I guess slow. Like you don't yeah. need to say really intense, verbose things to someone right off the bat. You can still be getting to know them. Mm. 
you know, there's like a trickle growth effect instead I mean, of everything at the beginning. I mean, I mean, I also, I, I'm not saying anything that's like untrue. I think that's something I should stipulate here is when I am saying the things I'm saying, they're usually more complimentary mm. than act actively like, I love you. I want to spend my life with you oh, and okay. things like that. No, that happens. That happens way later okay. down the line. But that I'm is not sure where the toxicity is. It's I think it's more self-toxic. The love bombing. I think the love bombing is definitely part of it where it's, it you know, it, if I set a precedent that I will drop everything, mm. anything and everything, no matter what, and then all of a sudden a situation happens where I can't drop everything, but I'm still expected to, I will beat myself up about it every time of like, I can't do mm. everything all at once. Why? Why not? Mm. Never stopped me before. And then, no, wait, no, reality catches up. I think something that's been hard to learn about is codependency. Mm -hmm. I think um, for a lot of people, that's a huge turnoff mm -hmm. to hear codependent. They don't know exactly what it means. I think it's the definition changes a lot because there's interdependent, which is healthy dependence. Yeah. And then there's codependent where basically you're trying to manipulate the person's feelings, even if it's for the good. So for mm -hmm. me, it's trying to keep people happy at the detriment of my emotional well-being mm -hmm. and also poten potentially that like it, you become an enabler mm -hmm. you don't let them deal yeah. with consequences yeah. of their own actions sometimes that for me i became more codependent in some of my friendships where i if i had a couple friends um would want to facilitate a good relationship between them but let's say one really didn't like the other then i was always like putting myself like trying to make it okay and um and it became obvious, like, one person was obviously being an asshole, but I would, like, instead of letting the other person know that that was what was happening, I would try to, like, well, let's sit down and I'll, like, talk about feeling. I don't know, man. It was, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's hard when you don't have people who are older than you showing you the way when you're younger. And then you get mm -hmm. thrown into have adult friendships that are healthy. Have adult, uh, you know, romantic relationships that are healthy. You've never seen any of what these should look like, but you should know how to do it. And it's, yeah. you know, we kind of stumble through, specifically through my 20s. I was stumbling. Mm -hmm. um, and I still think I, I, I try, this is what I try to do now, which I am going to tell you is so difficult. But yep. let's say somebody I love or even just care about does something that hurts my feelings or annoys me to a point where like I shouldn't not tell them. Yeah. Right. Where I would become resentful. Yeah, of course. Um, I think in the past I wouldn't do a, a, a I wouldn't make a conversation happen and just let them have their feelings about it. Mm, mm -hmm. I would want to have a conversation like, hey, look, it hurt my feelings when you didn't bring a gift to the party that everybody was get bringing a gift to. Like, we had all discussed it. And so it kind of let down some people. I'm just making an example. Yeah, of course. And then they get defensive. Mm -hmm. And then what would happen instead of me being like letting them have their emotions, I would get angry yeah. at them for feeling embarrassed or yeah. like I want them to feel OK right away. Like everything should be fixed mm -hmm. right away right now. 
I told you what you did wrong. Why aren't you, yeah, just apologizing and, and making just me feel better? You fun. should be trying to make me feel better. You're the one that made me upset. <laughs> Which, by the way, you're not supposed to say that anyone makes you feel anything. No. I think another thing yeah. I would do is I resented doing things for people, but I would do it anyway to avoid conflict. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, um. Conflict avoidant is definitely, uh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely have been there. And I don't know. It, it's not always like necessarily with my romantic partners even i feel like it's more with my female friendships like i i I would go out of my way over and over and over again and then start resenting them for it but do it anyway with a smile on my face Mm -hmm. because you're supposed to do that um yeah you're supposed to be a good friend so be a good friend do everything for them and then when people wouldn't reciprocate that Mm -hmm. i felt betrayed yeah you know when people wouldn't completely side with me on things i would feel betrayed I think that's something else that a younger me did, and I think a lot of us do this, and if you're doing this with anybody, you should stop immediately, is speaking poorly about other people um, to a friend. Because mm. what ends up happening, let's say, even if it's like, oh, I just need an event session, I just need to sit and like talk about this other person sure. that we're both friends with. What ends up happening is they know now that you're the type of person who will go to somebody else and talk about you. Uh, and so even if you feel like, oh, now we're getting closer because they know a secret of how I'm feeling, mm, they still know in the back of their mind that you're the type of person who will do that. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between saying, hey, friend, I have a complicated issue with another friend. Can I talk with you about it to, like, figure this out? Because I don't know how to navigate it versus, oh, my God, this person's so annoying. They didn't come to the party with the X, Y, Z. And can you believe that? God, they're such a bad friend. I'm so annoyed with them. And you know what else? You know, that kind of stuff. The, the idea of... Um I had a, I had a quote somebody told me once, um, not something I 100% agree in, but it's something that I do see a pattern in. Um, small minds talk about people, big minds talk about ideas. Mm. And what it comes down to in that regard, as far as how I interpret it, like I see it as if you address a problem with a person, an interpersonal problem, from a perspective of that person is bad, they did bad things. That's a small idea or that's a small person conversation versus a, hey, this situation yeah. sucks. How do we fix how do it? We, how do we move from this? Right. How Should we address this? Should we let it go? Yada, yada. Yeah. It's the difference between something that is worked towards in this, it, at the extent of... I just want to cause harm to this person. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not in front of me, I am harming them emotionally, mentally by talking down about them Mm. versus this person did something that that affected me. I am reacting to it. I would like to see if there is an alternative solution here or if this person has just done damage to me. Yeah. Like there's always going to be that hard point too of like, Fighting with yourself, your emotional and your me- and your intellectual side of just like, hey, I want to I want to do event sesh against this person, yeah, because it feels good, right? And I think you know you you do look. We're none of us are perfect, and no. sometimes that shit happens. Oh yeah, um, always. Like but I, said, I think in general, like trying mm-hmm. to and also knowing who to talk to. Yeah. Like some of us, you know, when you've known someone for 20, 30 years, it's like, well, mm-hmm. let's let's sit and chat about this thing. It's vent sesh. But it's another one. It's like, hey, we all met at this job and I've only been here for a year. I want to talk about this other coworker that we're mm-hmm. kind of friends with. Like that's, mm, I don't know. 
Yeah, that always becomes a point of just like... And also um, how you speak about that person. Yeah. It's different, the, the verbiage. And I think I'm a, I'm a very emotional... How do I say that? The words that I use are strong and emotional. Reactive. Very reactive wording. Mm-hmm. And, and I... I often am just speaking what I am feeling versus I'm going to stop and think about what I'm about to say mm-hmm. and the best way to say this because it's hard to know how you come off. And I think something oh, yeah. to remember for all of us that have depression and PTSD or anxiety is it takes a long time to get yourself to a place where you can look at your behavior mm-hmm. objectively. Oh, yeah non-emotionally and start seeing patterns because now you've moved from a survival place, a place where you're just trying to get through every day to a place of now I can start reflecting mm-hmm. on who I am because that can be painful and uncomfortable and embarrassing. Oh yeah. You know, and so love. many of us don't do that. I find that some of the friendships and relationships that have in my life fallen by the wayside are people who can't continue to grow, you know, like how are you friends? How can you be friends with someone who won't apologize? Yeah. Or take responsibility for what they did. And more importantly, on that point as well, is like, how can you be friends with that person? Not just for the sake of, like, yourself, but for the sake of them. Exactly. What are are you bringing to their party versus what are they bringing to your party? Yeah. Uh, we, We tend to hold on to nostalgia. And we tend to hold on to... Oh, but this person has been in my life for so long. Sunk cost fallacy kind of deal. Where it's like, I've spent so much time and energy on this person. I can't imagine wanting to, you know. I worry so fucking often about the person that people knew me to be versus who I am now. Like, do they actually see you or are they just waiting for the old you to come back? Kind of Yes. Yeah, exactly. Where I I worry about that on a, a frightful, damn it. I worry about that on a frightful like scale where it's just like how do you begin to correlate like this person is hanging out with me because they like who I am versus oh, they know who I used to be. And I also like that person better. I like the old me better than I do the current me. Mm. So maybe we're both just waiting for something that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're both just fooling ourselves and it's going to be a really fun time when, you know, that fucking curtain falls or whatever. I don't know. That's fair. It's it's so... It's and, and I know for a fact when I think about those kind of things and I get worried about them is it's coming from a place of anxiety and it's coming from a place of like depressive self-talk where there's no reason that anybody would want to spend time with the me that I am now because I don't want to spend time around the me I am now. <laughs> like who wants part of that? I don't. Not me. And yet here I am constantly being reminded by people that are in my life and people who choose to hang out with me. Prime example, other day, I went and uh, this was at work. I sat on a bench away from everyone to have like a little pizza. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting there just by myself. Not 
encouraging any, like, not engaging in conversation, just isolating. Mm. And then one by one, like, I had people sit down next to me mm-hmm. and around me mm-hmm. and pulling up chairs. Mm-hmm. And, like, I created a small, like, circle gathering of people. Nobody I had beckoned over, nobody that I'd asked for, nobody I'd, you know, called attention to or anything. I was just sitting there eating a pizza. And I had all these people actively surround me to engage with me. And I recognize ultimately that 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 there's there's the proof. There's the proof that people like me who I am now because I'm not going to like, you know, there isn't like 25 year old Chris is going to come out bursting out of my chest. It's like, haha, guess what? Depression's a farce. Haha. I've been cool all along. That, that's, <laughs> that's not what I expect to happen. Um, though I would love to see that at some point. <laughs> Holy crap. I not only would I just laugh hysterically as I'm dying, I would also just like that. That's just that'd just be great. Like, hey, guess what? You can. It's been living in my chest this whole time. I've just been li- I, the cool me's been inside me this whole time. So your toxic trait is just to myself, to yourself, yeah. <laughs> almost entirely. Um, no, no. For towards other people, the enabling, definitely a hard one. Like I am awful at telling a partner no Mm. um boundaries like when you don't set boundaries that is its own form of toxicity not just to yourself but to your partner because if they don't recognize that what they're doing is affecting you and you're not communicating that that's setting up a real bad road to go down every time I think people need to, I wish we all had a class in effective communication, not just talking at somebody, because sometimes when we talk at somebody, we're not communicating, mm-hmm. but effective communication in, in all relationships. Yeah. Supportive communication. Yeah. Um, and especially when, you know, yeah. I think all or nothing thinking for me mm-hmm. in relationships too, where like we have an issue and then it's like, well, I guess we have to break up. And it's like, there's <laughs> literally an issue. <laughs> like you don't need oh. to break up, you know? And it's like, we can, my current partner taught me the whole, this problem that we're having, we are facing it together, not at each other. Like we don't have to make each other the, the problem. We can see this as a partnership and talk about it and work through the. That's so good. Issue. It's great. And it was the first time, you know, I really had a partner who was able to, be emotionally intelligent enough uh, to have that discussion. I oh, think, yeah. Uh, I'd be careful with the partners you choose, man, because I dated a lot just hoping that someone would rescue me, I think. I really did. Mm. And I think um, it was unfair. And I wasn't a good girlfriend for a lot of them. And I think I was... And the worst part is when you're transitioning into becoming a healthier person and you can see that you are literally stifling the person that you're with. And the greatest fear is that they're going to leave you or cheat on you because you're stifling. And yet you cannot stop yourself from yeah. stifling them. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a huge, great growth road. And I've had some difficult conversations. I've had some difficult therapy. Mm-hmm. I've had to examine and re-examine and re-examine who I am becoming. So I know that I am on a good path to being just a a better person. 
and someone who can be a good friend and someone that people don't have to be afraid. Well, you know, Lindsay's going to uh, withhold her affection from me because she's mad at me. It's like, no, I'm going to sit down with you and I'll let you know if I'm upset. And if I'm not upset with you, then you don't have to worry about, oh, well, you know, (laughs) anything. Because I've had people in my life who were like, oh, I just haven't heard from you in a while. I thought maybe you were mad at me. I was like, I will never do that to somebody. No. Um, Yeah. It's really, it it is really telling because, like, I've dated a few people in the past who've, um, who've who've had those, those questions of, like, are you mad at me? Yeah. And it's like, no, did I did I give you any reason to think I'm mad at you? But I've also been that guy asking, hey, are you mad at me? Did I do something? Did I... I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, checking in. I think that's uh, that's okay. It's okay when it's, like... Here and there. Here and I there. I think that's normal. It's, it's a problem when it becomes almost every single interaction. Because I do yes. have somebody in my life who's like that, where every time it's like, hey, are we okay? Hey, is everything... And, you know, we've had to have conversations. Mm-hmm. No, um, same. Still learning. Things that... Something that I'm still trying to figure out is, uh, you know, when to let a friendship go. Yeah. And how do you... To do that. Mm-hmm. Because I also think it's important to have empathy for people who are neurodivergent. Like, yeah. I have a lot of people in my life who have ADHD or whatever. And so... They forget to message me back. They for, they just forget that there were plans or whatever. And mm-hmm. they try really hard. And it's like, okay, but at what point is it you're just forgetting or you actually don't want a friendship and you're not having the communication with me anymore? Yeah, no. That's... I'm still learning that. <sighs> I think we that might be a lifelong thing. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, think, I think that comes down also to, like, what is the emotion that controls those thought processes the most? Does it come from a place of fear? A place Does, of abandonment? A, yeah, a place of abandonment. Defensiveness? Place, the, the place of anger, maybe spite sometimes, where it's just mm-hmm. like you can you can find yourself where the, the emotion that is like really just up front in your mind when you are trying to communicate effectively and it's just like either it's a frustration or a fear or a... a even like a, a hopelessness. Yeah. That's where you you just try things and they're not always going to be effective or healthy. Right. Like we all fall into that trap eventually of just like desperation. Yeah. And it and it could be for a friendship, for a romantic relationship, for a familial relationship. Mm-hmm. Every one of these has a place where if they matter enough to you, you will do whatever it takes. I, and I don't know if that's always healthy. It's not always healthy. You know, and that's that's the line that... It's, that's where it's great to have a therapist. When mm-hmm. you can have somebody, third party, who's not a friend or family member who can say this is no longer serving you and you're no longer serving this person. Because, you yes. know, it's like, when do you give up on something? And something... <laughs> another thing that I think is extremely uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. is there will be people in all of our lives... Mm-hmm. Where there is no use and no point in having a conversation and explaining your side to. (laughs) They will not hear you. It will actually put you in more emotional peril Mm -hmm. to have that conversation. I like closure. I like open communication. And there are people in my life where I have had to 
let it go and not talk to them about it. Because I know that if I send that text message, that long text message explaining everything or asking, hey, can we sit down and get some coffee and like talk about this? Yeah. It will just be so painful. And they won't hear what I'm trying to say. They're just trying to be right. Yeah. So you have to be mature enough and aware enough to know who those people are without, again, doing it in a spiteful way. Yeah. Just doing it more in like a self-protective love way. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's so it's so delicate, this whole ballet that we try to dance with our life mm. and our friendship, you know? So, one, get therapy. Two, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, set your boundaries. It's difficult to recognize when you are being toxic sometimes. In the most moment. Most of the times, yeah. yeah, especially in the moment. Yeah. And that reflection, that ability to look back and really talk with yourself even if you can't talk with the person for whatever reason if you can't talk with them talk with your therapist talk with yourself yeah. write it down journal it give yourself time and space to breathe and come back and if you need to come back you can if you don't need to come back you walk away you live your life you do the best you can with what you got where you are and I think the best thermometer or compass in this situation would be um, if you are coming from a reactive place. Yep. So if you feel like every, you are very reactionary, you mm -hmm. are probably struggling with, you know, having some toxic interactions. So yeah. truly, again, therapy, man. Like, I don't know how people become good people um, <laughs> without therapy or like no. not not good. I don't think you're a bad person if no. you're necessarily toxic. You're just going to you're just going to struggle and hurt people. Human nature is hard to argue against. Yeah. I mean, and human nature Emotions. is not exactly the gentlest kindest nature that exists out there nature in general is not gentle and kind so yeah, yeah. fight in the nature yeah it's hard it's hard sometimes you know what i realized we didn't do at the beginning of our episode mm. we didn't ask how we were holding up oh you know we didn't <laughs> we didn't we haven't done that i don't know in a few episodes it's been maybe. a few episodes yeah <laughs> we should do that maybe next time because guess what <laughs> next time is 100 uh, next time is episode 100 oh dear god yeah we got we got something you got something planned? Sure. It's going to be some great. Thanks so much, guys, for listening in. We hope this was helpful. And uh, thank you for the empathy that you will uh, show us on this, because it is hard sometimes to open up about how we are imperfect beings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Go ahead and send us an email at mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Just, you know, we love getting messages from y'all. And always episode ideas. You know, if there's something that you would just like to hear talked about for your own sanity go ahead and shoot us a message on facebook it we will take it into consideration and we'll mm -hmm. chat with you back thanks again so much guys and as always don't, don't tell, tell us to just, just get, get over it, it.